0: Welcome back to the Rob Maynard Show, folks. It's uh, casual week this week, so uh, coming to you from the headset, uh, the desk microphone, and uh, we've got a great show. And the title of the show is Joe Biden's Latest Speech of Lies and the Real State of the Union. Biden has a problem with the truth, and that's a fact, Jack. That's a fact. He's always been that way, but now that he's president, the harm he's causing is increasing exponentially, and Americans are hurting. When we listened to his latest lies spewed at the so Too speech the other night, it was obvious he and the D.C. elites don't have a clue what we're going through or know what a real America is. Most of us are maxed out on credit cards and living paycheck to paycheck by now. The economy's not getting better, and there certainly aren't 12 million new jobs. One more time, folks. Those jobs were rehires from the government-created lockdowns that destroyed them. The border is not secure unless you're Joe Biden, who just legalized the entry of a bunch of really bad people from Cuba, Venezuela, and Nicaragua to make his numbers look good. Now, while we're getting poorer, the D.C. elites and their government employees are getting richer and richer. My friend Matt Couch, editor of the D.C. Patriot and all-around rabble-rouser, joins me today to do a little analysis of... uh, hair joey's lies and i'm sure some other fun stuff matt welcome back to the rob manis show my friend
1: great to be here uh i think the last time i was on your program i was banned on most platforms and i'm still banned on most platforms but i got a couple (laughs) back
0: yeah if you folks if you look down at the uh chiron there in the lower third you'll see uh real matt couches uh Back on Twitter, so the Twitter symbol's back. I think the last time he was on the show, the only one that was up there was Getter at that he, point. Gaining so. about
1: five thousand followers a week, and uh, the Democrats are in the—they're—they're they're all huddled together in the fetal position in a corner somewhere in D.C., scared to death that the train is back on the tracks.
0: Yeah, and some of them were uh, up at the House of uh, Representatives Oversight Committee to to tell their lies. Uh, the Twitter folks are up there now to talk about the Twitter files, and they're lying. They're ugly little butts off, uh, and are getting caught every single day. I hope they get charged with perjury. Uh, You know, I mean, heck, Congress can refer him to the Department of Justice. I mean, we saw Bannon get convicted. He hasn't been sentenced yet uh, for uh, ignoring Congress. Uh, uh, A subpoena, certainly uh, a lie to Congress under oath, is is more uh, more egregious than that, even. Let's see what happens. I wonder
1: happens. how many uh, scones and muffins and cappuccinos they shared with the FBI agents in San Francisco at Twitter headquarters. <laughs> you know, I bet they had a whole break room full of ping pong tables and pinball yeah. machines and snacks and just hung out with the FBI and they probably played Tippy Cup. I bet it was a great time for them, Rom.
0: Oh, absolutely, man. The uh, you know the FBI agent of name is, uh, as reported, Elvis Chan, uh, who's, who's done a deposition with the Missouri and Louisiana Attorney General's lawsuit. Uh, it's interesting reading. Folks should go check that out. Uh, it is public record at this point, uh, it, which kind of links the Twitter files, which is unofficial, of course, with an official deposition. Uh, I'm glad Elvis is there to answer questions, and he's under oath, and susceptible to perjury charges also, so maybe he's telling the truth in that deposition with the Attorney General's lawsuit. We'll see.
1: There's always a chance somebody at Twitter is telling the truth.
0: But not the FBI.
1: No, no, no.
0: <laughs> no well, I mean, it's sad. Uh, if he's an FBI agent, so uh, he better be telling the truth under oath uh, because, you know, we the people still have a little bit of smidgen of power in this country, don't we, Matt? Just a little,
1: paquito. Just a little bit, asi asi, yeah. as they say down south of the border. So, so yeah,
0: well, you know? well, I, well, well, let's dive right into Lion Joe, Lion Joe Biden. And I will say, look, I'm a retired military, and nothing that I say uh, represents the Department of Defense, the U.S. government, or any of those things. And and the disclaimers on my website at robmenus.com that covers everything, uh, quite frankly. But uh, President Joe Biden is a liar. He is a known habitual and caught. Liar, documented liar. And he spent, I don't know, how long was the speech the other night? An hour and 17 minutes or so uh, lying to the American people and being applauded for it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things where I, I lo- I, I've never seen a speech to where a, a sitting president uh, pushed LGBTQ agendas, pushed gun control. Uh, pushed war with Russia, pushed war with China. He literally threatened the Chinese and the Russians from the from the podium. Uh, it was a ama- it was amazing, um, and, and it just got worse. You, th- you would think it would get better. He's argued, I've never I've never seen a president argue with members of Congress. Now, I will say this much, and it's probably going to be unpopular with your audience and mine. I don't agree. I think we got to at some point respect offices in D.C. to a degree. They're, it's it's hallowed ground to me. I'm a historical person I love, our nation's history and our founding fathers. I don't agree with the heckling and the yelling from our side either. I think it's petty and it looks like crap to the entire country and the world. Not, I'm not saying they were wrong to, to, to call him out, but that's what you have Sarah Huckabee Sanders for. That's what you have Donald Trump for. Marjorie Taylor Greene, Kevin McCarthy, whoever. You know what? There's 900 people from the press there, Rob. Go grab a podium and say, I want to address what Joe Biden said right now. And, and you know what I mean? I don't think you, I just, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm old school. I'm Reagan. Like I'm just so tired of the circus in Washington, D.C.
0: Look, man, I tried to tell the left, uh, and so did the other people I'm sure you did too, that when they changed the rules on all this stuff, the decorum, uh, that they were not going to like the other side following the new rules. And unfortunately, uh, you know, I don't disagree with you, uh, but those are the new rules. And, uh, you know, if you if you watch the the Twitter hearings uh, that have been occurring in the last few days, you could see the Republicans don't know how hold these people accountable. Number one, but take a look at what all the Democrats are doing. They are doing nothing but over and over and over. Uh, calling out the other side, even by name. Marjorie Taylor Greene was called out by name several times by colleagues on the committee, Uh, and it's over and over. They're not giving any credibility to these hearings or any of the people on the other side of the aisle in the hearings, and it's over and over, consistent, attack, attack, attack. And you cannot work with people that are constantly doing that to you. And that's what's been happening in the last, uh, well, since President Obama really came into office and, and he started the whole race thing and the LGBTQ thing, because that's where it all began uh, and really started redividing the country back to the way it, it, I think it's even worse than the 1960s and 1950s, to be honest with you. It just hasn't been publicly seen yet. And I don't know if it will ever be publicly seen but the country is more divided uh, than I've ever seen before and it's it's all in part well it's all due to the so-called new rules man uh, and you can't fight a war and win it by ducking your head in the foxhole and staying there the whole time uh, so I kind of see where they're coming from you know Sarah Huckabee Sanders the only thing I heard about I didn't watch one either one of the speeches I refuse to give them my uh, attention anymore until they start uh, taking care of the American people, and Joe Biden is just a liar. Uh, everything in his speech was a lie, and he deserved to be called out. Quite frankly, but gosh, uh, nobody saw Sarah Huckabee Sarah Huckabee Sanders' speech. You know, she had one line about uh, "Come with us." You got a choice; you can come with us, or you can go with the crazies, and and that's good. Uh, but nobody saw it. You know, uh, right. there may be some Fox News viewers, and I don't even watch Fox News anymore. Well, I mean, how than, tyrannical uh, is Coffman. the mainstream
1: media, you know, Rob? How tyrannical is the, you know, Colonel, is the mainstream media that, CB, you know, they would show the Democrat response, right? CBS, NBC, ABC, they would show the Democrat response if it was reversed when Trump was president. They would show Pelosi, Schumer, and whoever gave their response, but they won't show the Republican response, and it just shows— it's why when you try to argue with those on the left or debate them, when they try to talk about that this is an even playing field, Colonel, it's not an even playing field, it, not even no. close, because because ABC, Fox, CBS, NBC, CNN, they would all show Chuck Schumer or whoever did the rebuttal for the Democrats, but they refuse to air the, the GOP response, which represents 50% of the country. And so until they oh. do that, I don't know how you can say that, that we don't have state ran media.
0: Well, uh, and unfortunately, the GOP response is the approved uniparty response, you know, the establishment GOP approved response. As much as I like Sarah uh, Huckabee Sanders, uh, if the establishment didn't let her be the one to do it, she wouldn't have done it. Uh, So the rest of us are out here that oppose the establishment uh, and oppose the uniparty and and are absolutely adamantly opposed to the Democrats uh, and their craziness. Uh, We have no voice. Anymore, the media, uh, whether it be Fox News or C- all the way to CNN, there is no voice for us except for us small independents, uh, and unfortunately, we don't get the audience. Uh, I mean, my my systems are so suppressed that even the people, you know, the three or four hundred thousand people that actually follow my social media don't get to see my stuff except maybe one percent of the time, uh, and uh, uh, and it's sad. It's sad, really, that our country's come to this, but uh, but we can't give up. That's why we're here, to call out Joe Biden and his lies. Look, he only talked 13 seconds on foreign policy, Matt. Did you catch that?
1: Why is that? Was it when he threatened Russia and China? Because that's all I got out of his foreign policy. Yeah.
0: That was it. I mean, mean, supposedly the Ukrainians are winning and and kicking Russia's tail, but I'm not getting that indicator happening. As a matter of fact, it looks like uh, uh, the Russians either have started or are about to kick off a major, major old-fashioned – uh Russian army land offensive uh to uh uh take back what little territory they want to keep and then establish their lines into this what looks like a World War One style thing. And I don't think the Ukrainians are winning or we wouldn't have to be sending all these escalatory pieces of equipment like the M one Abrams tank. Uh
1: you know, them, would you're, we you're an Air Force colonel, thirty two years, retired. And I'm no. not so I'm gonna clarify that real quick for everyone. Okay. But, you know, it doesn't – and this is a compliment to you. I don't think it takes your experience, you know, Rob, to, to realize that the Russians have air superiority over the Ukraine with their jets and their bombers and their, their mortars and everything, artillery, everything they're using. But they have air superiority big time. Uh, the, the Ukrainians don't even have people to fly the planes, for starters. So this is your wheelhouse. I'm tossing you a softball to smack here. If, if you had air superiority – this is totally what you've done for your career – and you know you've got air superiority. Do you not laugh when someone's like, "We're giving you 31 Abram tanks. Aren't you just going to bomb the hell out of the tanks and they're useless?"
0: <laughs> they don't even have to use their big aircraft to do no. that. They're really high tech aircraft. All they got they've got some great little armed drones that apparently that they're using <laughs> to take out armor and, individually. And if, and- if Russia
1: was losing, you and I talked about this on the phone yeah. the other day, it would be on. There would be video on CNN. ABC, NBC, Fox News, every mainstream media outlet in the country would have video of the Ukrainians kicking the Russians' tail. It would be everywhere. We had better video in 1991 of Bernard Shaw in a hotel room in Baghdad of a war going on than we do for this conflict in 2023. Keep in mind, folks, what what I'm trying to tell you is these iPhones that we all carry around, this one right here, the computer in this iPhone is 2 million times stronger than what we sent to the moon okay but you're trying to tell me in 2023 we can't get any video footage of what's happening in the ukraine and they're supposedly winning but bernard shaw with a shaky hand a cigarette and coffee in 1991 in a hotel room in baghdad you know with, with desert storm when that all went down was giving you a, a thousand times better insight than what we're yeah. seeing right now and and that's why i don't how, how do you do you believe anything you're hearing over there
0: from your standpoint? Uh, no, but I, let me just caveat one thing you said about it, at Russia's air superiority. They may be able to get uh, localized air superiority, uh, you know, in a certain period of time, but they don't have air dominance completely over the battlefield. That's one of the reasons why they stalled out, in my opinion, uh, in, in the in the larger offensive at the beginning. Of course, that could have been a, a big giant feint, too, you know, uh, uh, to to get the Ukrainians and everybody else distracted, uh, to the north, you know, where the the so-called convoy convoys stalled out, uh, et cetera, et cetera, uh, and everything. Uh, but uh, uh, but who knows? I don't have any insight to, into any actual intelligence other than what the open source is. and open source is minimal unless you get video from on the ground. Uh, independent reporting. You wouldn't think from it would be that hard,
1: right? With all the journalists nowadays, wouldn't you think? That there would be something that you would see oh, by now if, if well, they were winning.
0: Well, we're, we're seeing in, individuals make videos and get them out. That's usually it's from soldiers uh, on the ground or, or civilians that are far away from where the actual action is, and they're getting sounds and, and explosions and those kind of things. But we're not getting any media video because they're a bunch of cowards. They're supporting this this potential World War III, and I and, I, and I'm not being hyperbolic at all, folks. Uh, I'm very concerned with this latest escalation of M1 tanks. Uh, You know, the Russians have 7,000 nuclear warheads, uh, and uh, their strategic systems are very capable of either massively striking or singularly striking or doing an EMP. uh, Those kind of things are ahead of us in hypersonic missile technology, which we have difficulty detecting. You saw that last summer when the Chinese system, apparently uh, successfully uh, did a shot, and we didn 't even detect you know pick it up uh, until much later uh, we don 't have any defense our air defenses and missile defenses are not designed to go after a a uh, uh, just lower just outside of low earth orbit bouncing. Hypersonic missile that bounces off the top of the atmosphere, picks up speed as it makes its way around the Earth, uh, and, and they can also deliver nuclear warheads. Both the Russians and the Chinese have said that their hypersonic missiles are nuclear capable. Uh, so, uh, so I'm not being hyperbolic here. I'm just, I'm just very concerned uh, that uh, we now have the United States and NATO and, and other allies uh, increasingly involved. I mean, we're so involved that. I just uh, read the headline of a story that the Navy is going to have to choose between resourcing weapons to its own forces, which, we, which need to be focusing more on China and the Pacific now to deter China, uh, uh, or sending them to the Ukraine. And so far, we've sent, everything, we've sent everything we can to the Ukraine. So the fact that Joe Biden spent 13 seconds on his so-called successful foreign policy uh, initiatives and national security initiatives is kind of interesting. And I think it tells the story in and of itself is that, uh, is that, is that he is losing, he's inept, his people are inept, his military leadership is woke and has, a, has the armed forces completely distracted except with the, some few exceptions like uh, four star air force general, Mike menahan who, uh, who probably got in trouble for putting his warning order out to his folks to prepare for a war with China by 2025, uh, just a few weeks ago, uh, which I agree with. That, that's his job, organize, train, and equip his forces for the greatest threat. And the greatest threat is the Communist Party-led country of China, not the Russians, not uh, anybody else. And uh, we need to pull back, in my opinion, stop sending billions of dollars every single day and all of our resources to this border war in U- between Ukraine and Russia and maybe look at putting military forces on our own southern border, so they can kill and attack those drug cartels uh, that are sex trafficking and human trafficking and, and fentanyl trafficking in the United States. Uh, and uh, I think Joe Biden was wrong. It's not seventy thousand fentanyl deaths. It's a hundred thousand fentanyl deaths and climbing. That's what's really the number is, folks. He even lied about that. Uh, and I almost thought, well, he's going to talk about fentanyl finally. But he lied about it.
1: And they lie about everything. Sorry
0: about no. that. I went no, on a rant. You're, you're supposed to talk. You're my no, guest.
1: No, no, you're good. Man. They, they, <laughs> they lie about everything. I mean, that's the biggest thing. I mean, uh, you know, and, and, and the biggest the biggest thing that we're seeing right here from the GOP is we're not seeing – you know, we, 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 were, we were told there's a plan, right? We were told they have a plan. Well, yeah. it seems like the only plan they have is to run committee after committee and complain and bellyache about what was done the last two to four years, right? That doesn't help move America forward. It doesn't help change things. It doesn't help rebuild our military. It doesn't help preparedness for uh, the, the real exponential threats we have, which are Russia and China. Um, I, I'm not a military guy like you. I mean, I come from a military family, obviously, you know, but you know, all my cousins have served, my grandfathers. I mean, my, my point is there's not a more staunch supporter of the United States military than you or I. I mean, we are we we are friends for a reason, but there's a but coming. I don't, see, I don't believe that the Russians are a non-threat like you keep hearing from the media and the Democrats and even some of the rhinos that love war as well. Um, you know, I, It's like well, the Muhammad Ali yeah. rope-a-dope to a degree, right? Uh, yeah. you know, the, And the Russians have said this. You can watch Putin's speeches. I've watched several of them in the last three weeks just to see what he's saying, um, and it's fascinating. His words, Colonel, are not the words of a dictator. They're the words of a leader, and that's going to piss yeah. some people off that I said that. The Russian people love him. He took them out of poverty, out of starvation. They have, in the last 20 years, they have exponentially improved. Places like St. Petersburg and Moscow are highly, highly developed now, more than most U.S. cities. We don't want to hear that, but that's a fact. You can look at pictures. You can talk to people that have been there. They are highly advanced technology. Our cities and infrastructure looks horrific because our politicians have done nothing but, you know, feed everything from other countries to defense contractors, but they haven't taken care of America And the Russians are a prideful nation. That's what they're all about. You know this. You've been in the military for for decades on this thing. They care about pride. They care about heritage. They care about those things. They talk about the Great War. You know, we just celebrated it. You know, you talk about Stalingrad. We just celebrated Or they did a, a big, big World War II landmark not long ago. And they believe that we're heading into that territory again, which should scare the hell out of those who are historians. But, they fight for a different reason. You know, they fight for pride. They fight for their country, their heritage. Americans don't, you know, the, the younger generation, they're, they're not taught that anymore in, in public schools.
0: No, our kids are taught to uh, hate America and hate their heritage uh, and everything, mm-hmm. if, especially if you're a white kid in America. And I hate to bring race into it, but that I'm just calling out what's happening, uh, you know, because uh, uh, I believe in being... Colorblind. Oh, uh, you leftists are going to hate that because you 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 you've now become critical race theory people, and the, the term colorblind is now racist. Apparently, it's even though Martin Luther King's the one that gave it, us in America that phrase as a goal to to try to achieve before the end of our lifetimes. You know, uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, there, but but to, to, on Russia, Matt. You know, look. I am not a fan of wars of aggression, uh, but before he went to war, I was saying I don't think he'll do it, quite honestly. But I also wasn't aware at the point that the United States had really moved the threat window towards them in their decision-making that they perceived uh, when he did it. And I, have, and, I, and I do not agree with him for going into Ukraine with violence and military force. I think it was uh, uh, the uh, worst of all the possible courses of action that Putin could have chosen. Uh, but I also acknowledge the realism in his, not his thinking, but Russia's thinking as a nation. Uh, And it goes way beyond the Soviet Union, which only lasted about 70-ish years, I think, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, and communism. It goes hundreds, if not a thousand years back to this area called the Near Abroad, the Ukraine as part of it. Matter of fact, the Rus uh, 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 came about in Ukraine, uh, in Kiev. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not going to call it Kiev, foreign policy snobs out there. It's Kiev, uh, you know, and Crimea has historically been a Russian, been Russian territory uh, way, way before uh, communism and those kind of things. So so that's why uh, Barack Obama said, unfortunately, Ukraine is a vital national interest to Russia, but not the United States. And that is a true fact. He said it, and he was right when he said it based on the best foreign policy and national security minds that America uh, uh, had to offer in uh, in 2009, 2010, which were folks like me that had come up through the Cold War, saw the victory in the Cold War and the end of Soviet communism, uh, and, uh, and the period of time that we should have been, instead of being marred down with a self-inflicted war, uh, long war in Afghanistan, instead of the short, impactful victory that we had uh, we could have been focused on great power competition and not let things get to this point or worse yet for what I'm seeing and have seen in 2010 uh, through 2014 drive the situation in Ukraine uh, and the situation with NATO to the point where the Russian calculus changed. I mean, even I didn't get it. I was saying just days before he invaded that I didn't think he was going to do it because I wasn't seeing any open source intelligence on major armor movement. Right. But but he was doing a he was he was doing a U.S. style shock and awe campaign, so there wouldn't have been any major armor movement. I was expecting, you know, the Russians when they win. If you go look at the Stalingrad and uh, and Leningrad uh, fights and those kind of things. They do the, When they finally get engaged, they do the artillery, 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 grind them up, and then they send their tanks and infantry in to crush it into powder and take the, the towns and say, okay, we won. Uh, we're here now. Here's our flag. And then they rebuild them. Uh, that's how they fight. Uh, that's how the Soviets fought. That's how the Russians fought before that. Uh, and uh, that's how these guys are going to fight. Now that they backed off of this initial U.S. style shock and awe thing that, that i'm not sure whether it worked out for them because, whether it was by design or if it's worked out for them and and pushed them back to what they really uh should have been focused on in the first place which is securing Crimea and 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 getting a land bridge to that and 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 getting russian speaking people that wanted to be part of russia uh into russia i believe that's i believe that's a goal of putin's even though i don't think he's actually openly stated it uh uh, he's focused primarily now on being able to, and it's our fault that he's able to do this. Being able to say, "Well, NATO and the West have—they're uh, putting everything into us," and uh, and, uh, uh, and now it's a fight for our existence. He—I mean—he's right there, as a fight yeah. for our existence, and 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 that's where his nuclear weapons come in. And right now, we have done nothing to deter him from using nuclear weapons. Not a thing. Well, in fact, we've
1: we've 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 egged him on. You know, we, in fact, we've, we've egged him on as far as, you know, with, the, you know, Cy Hirsch, Seymour Hirsch, a Pulitzer Prize winning darling of the left, heavily involved in the Seth Rich, you know, situation that I had myself in, Colonel, was, yeah. you know, was recorded by, you know, one of, uh, you know, was recorded. And, you know, he's a, he's a connected guy is what I'm trying to say with Seymour Hirsch. Yeah. And with the Seth Rich investigation, you know, he was recorded, didn't realize he was being recorded, you know, that he had a, it was a Brennan op, it was a hit. You know, and that the CIA was involved in, in killing Seth yeah. Rich. And, and my point is the guy's won like a dozen Pulitzers. I don't know the number. I'm being hypothetical, but it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And, he, and he's credible. He puts this story out about the Nordstrom and how the U.S. is the ones who are responsible for shooting it and, and destroying it in, in a big piece on his substack yesterday. Russia, the Russian Federation put out a press release yesterday afternoon saying they want an immediate response and want answers from the White House, which is not good. They're pissed off because now the evidence is out there that we did do that. You know where it was. You know, military's just following orders. But have you ever seen in your your time in combat having a country surrounded from the north, the south, and the east? The only only way they you know, or, or, sorry, the west, you know, the east. The only way they could go is into Poland, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they want to live. They go to Poland, yeah. um, and they're burning trash to keep warm over there because Russia shut that off. So it's a great situation over there. Um, my, my point is if you, militarily, how do you say you're winning a war when you're surrounded on all sides and they've taken about a third of your country so far, how do you consider that winning? I'm just curious.
0: <laughs> I, I, like I said, at the beginning of this discussion, uh, uh it's my opinion, both personally and professionally that the Ukraine is not winning. Uh, and, uh, and, and I'm glad you brought up Seymour Hersh's article, uh, because I tweeted out that. Uh, This is a betrayal of the American people by Joe Biden uh, by conduct by uh, conducting an illegal act uh, in a war that we have not said that we should be fighting. As a matter of fact, I think I think polling will real polling would show about 90 percent of us or more are absolutely opposed to it. if, If the real question was really asked to to any of our involvement uh, at all and we have and folks let me just tell you we have american military forces on the ground in ukraine they've been there for quite some time if just because you don't know it doesn't mean it's not happening and you need to wake up people wake up and write your congressman and write the president of the united states and the secretary of defense and the chairman of the joint chiefs of staff and if you're opposed to it tell them ask them what the hell are you doing with our kids and what the hell are you doing with our money because we have not consented to this, and we have this thing called the Constitution, even though you don't like to follow it sometimes, and we see your attacks on civil liberties with the J6 prisoners and those kind of things. We see them, we see them, uh, and we're watching, and we expect you to fix that, but we know you're not going to. But somebody will come along to fix it, Uh, and uh, you need to write them and tell them to get the hell out of this war before it goes too far, because even though I said China's the greatest threat, To the United States, as you mentioned, Russia is still a threat, but not from an ideological perspective like the old communists were, but they have 7000 nuclear weapons and uh, many of them are perfectly capable of striking targets in the United States.
1: Yeah, when this first started and people, you know. You know, trust me, I'm, a, you know, it's not, you know, you can, I don't know if you can, I mean, there's American flags on both sides of my walls in the, in my studio here. In oh, office. you
0: know, we're going to get called Russia bots.
1: Well, that's what I was going to say. You know, I mean, you can, discussion. you can see the Americana behind you. I mean, isn't getting more Americana than crosses and Hulk Hogan, yeah. you know? And, and my point is I'm trying, what I'm trying to get at is none of us are, are cheering against the United States of America here, but we do have to be realists and look at the situation and evaluate that. When this first came out, you know, that this was happening, I'm, I, you know, I was one of the ones who broke the story about the Nazi brigades, which ends up being true. Even NBC ran the story after we broke it. Nobody wanted to hear that, that the, the Ukrainians were literally about half of their military as Nazis. Well, you go yeah. back and you look at World War II and you look at where, what happened when the, when the Nazis invaded Kiev. Well, guess what happened? They, they hung Heil Hitler banners. They welcomed the Nazis. They didn't push them out in Ukraine, in Kiev. This is historical. They have always supported this kind of regime. Where did the Nazis go after World War II? Well, obviously not Germany. And then you see the Asla battalions, and there's other ones I'm not going to name. There's other battalions. Literally, the ones who've been fighting the Russians in the Donbass regions in the eastern part of the Ukraine are the Nazi battalions. They're hardened. They're war-hardened. And there's a big difference, as you know. I'm not saying we don't have preparedness and our kids aren't trained. But when you've got hardened soldiers that are, you know, say they're— you know, 28 to 32 years old. They've been in that region for eight years, fighting whether it's 100,000 Russians or 50,000 Ukrainian troops. And you try to send 18, 19, 20 year old Americans into that situation. Not that they don't have great training, because we do, but there's a difference. You don't know. You know, my grandfather always told me, "Son, there's no atheists in foxholes." Okay. Right. We that you don't know how they're gonna how they're gonna handle it, how they're going to adapt, what they're used to. But it's a distinct disadvantage. It's the old saying, men versus boys. You know, when you do that, you're talking about, you know, and and Russia's military is not poorly trained, not from an infantry standpoint, they're not. Now, I might say militarily, they have better, we have far better sophistications, far better weaponry, far better, you know, leadership, all of that I would agree with, but... You know, they are, you know, they're not pulling out red cards in basic training, Colonel, over there in Moscow or <laughs> Siberia, where the hell they're, they're training at. They're not pulling out yellow cards because they're mad the drill sergeant yells at them nowadays, right? That's not happening in their military. I, I'm just saying, yeah. you look at, you, you look at, I'm, I, you can even go and look at the UFC as an example. The people that are becoming champions in the UFC are these Chechen, you know, guys, you know, like, Khabib, you know, it, it's, they're all with Russian descent. It's really getting scary. Even from a fighting perspective, looking at how the Russians in that part of the region is taking over even the UFC and becoming champion after champion, top-tiered fighters, we're not seeing that in America anymore. That's all I'm trying to say, but I have a point to this. I just don't think that it's a war that we want to be in, for starters. It's not a war that I think, you know, that we couldn't even get out of Afghanistan without it being one of the worst debacles we've ever seen, and now we want to fight Russians who have you know who have what i think 30 it's almost close to like thirty thousand. it might even be higher than that Thirty thousand decent artilleries you know yeah. they just rolled off 2500 new tanks with this with a new armor that they've been touting for the last 18 months at military conventions they have four yeah. aircraft carriers now three just rolled off the line and they've i brought done a all this partial stuff mobilization
0: the air, you know? they've done a partial mobilization so i think of what three hundred thousand additional troops, if I remember the right, number correctly. Right. right. And they're uh, training
1: at a high level right now. They're you know their yeah. camps, you can see it on satellites. They're training military, they're training, training, mm-hmm. you know, thousands yeah. and thousands of new troops. But they had one aircraft carrier. Now they have four. They have they have, they're rolling those things off an assembly line right now. They've been planning this. You know, you don't just build an aircraft carrier in a year. This has been planned. You know, like I sure, mean, you yeah. just, you know, they've been they've been building up for this. And, um, I, I'm not saying that, that, that we would be defeated, but I'm saying for going back to the pride issue, and I want your opinion on this, and I'll, I'll give you your show back, I promise. But from a pride stance, which is what the Russians fight for, it's what they hear, what you hear Putin talk about, you hear their generals talk about, they would love to, to kick our ass in a conflict. They would love it.
0: And they will, they will, they will not, uh, shy away from that, uh, when forced to do it. And we are. We are uh, not even slowly, we are aggressively pushing them into the corner.
1: Well, and I'm just saying, I think that they, I don't think they want nukes. Nobody wants the world to end. But my point is, I think they'd love to have a tactical victory over us so they can tout it to the world. Oh, the Americans are this great military might. Well, look what happened in, uh, you know, in, in, in the Donbass regions. Look what happened in Donetsk. The Americans yeah. brought in three three battalions, and we kicked the hell out of them in less than 48 hours and sent them running. They would yeah. love to have that scenario. And you know and what? Putin's, me, you know?
0: Putin's latest speech, he set it up exactly to where he could declare victory uh, pretty much under whatever situation he wants. Uh, and uh, that's exactly what he's going to do. Uh, but I think he's got, maybe he's going to let this go on a little longer and see just how much the stuff the NATO and the Americans will throw into this.
1: Watch the rest of this interview on Red Voice Media Premium
0: using the link below. Completely uncensored and ad-free. Not a member yet? Try it
1: for $1.